Hey, Andrew. <laughs> I brought beer. <laughs> Fat tire me, ale. You didn't even let me do the introduction. Okay, go ahead now. But just so you know. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Snot Rocket Podcast. As always, I am joined by Tommy. Tommy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I got a fat tire beer. That's fat tire, know. New Belgium, very good ale. Tonight on this episode, we're going to be talking finally about what Tommy has been dying to talk I'm about. I'm so drugs. excited. He's so excited. I can't wait. We're not talking about ganja. We're not talking about the hippie cabbage, the jazz cigarettes, or even snow or blow or crystal meth. And for friends of ours and listeners, you know Tommy has been railing to discuss this topic for some time. A lot of you probably had to listen to to him rant and rave about it. Finally, he has a forum, and long before this abomination of a podcast started, Tommy has been just dying to dig into this topic, kind of like a fifth grader with Pokemon cards. Yeah, although I'm too old for that (laughs) reference. Um, But yeah, I've been down this rabbit hole for quite a while, and... It's just fascinating to me, and I, I can't wait to get into it. So as you know, Tommy's always quick to inject in the conversation how drugs have been such a major influence in running and sports in general. So we're going to go down a huge rabbit hole tonight, and we're going to actually, it's going to be a multiple-part series of drugs and their influence in running. And Tommy, we're not even going to be able to accomplish this in one or two or no, three No, no, no. And I yeah. think it's going to work out well being a five-parter. Uh, and we could probably talk about what those five parts are towards the end yeah. of everything. I think once we get into this, we'll, it'll unfold as to how it's going to yeah. how it's going to play out. But before we get into that, Tommy's already introduced our beer. It's new. It's a New Belgium uh, fat tire. Yeah, it's buddy. a which is dirty cyclist biking, right? Beer because they're the cyclists, right? That's yes, yeah. yes. So when you're walking, everybody hates drivers. When you're driving, everybody hates walkers. But it doesn't matter if you're walking or running. Everybody hates cyclists. (laughs) Uh, I always had this joke. How do you tell? Do you see somebody on a bike? How can you tell them between? How can you tell the difference between them being a triathlete or a cyclist? They'll tell you. The triathlete weighs back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping. So if you listen to this podcast or you text us or you comment somewhere, we're going to put you on the air. So Probably. take that either yeah. as a word of caution or maybe just as a compliment, but yeah. we have some feedback. So yep. go ahead. 1452 is back. Our friend 1452. Yeah, 50, and he had loving words. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm very excited for this because, I'm well, let's talk. Let's At least we should say what he what he said to us. Yeah, let me read the entire text yeah. because he texted you both You could of probably us. just get, get away with what I wrote down there, and that's enough. Don't give him too much, man. Come on. No, I think, no, oh, I think it's worth reading. Okay, so all right, uh, go on. Uh, 1452, fuck you and your fucking podcast. <laughs> keep this, this, that was a shock coming from 1452 to use the expletives, but keep an eye open on the email for a Cliffy review. Perfect timing for me. Uh, I won't get into more details, but... And one thing, Andrew, you disappoint me. I thought you were a better beer drinker, and I know you are a better runner, and you're tired co than your tired co-host. Nine forty-five. I guess experience trumps again. You know what? Fuck you, fourteen fifty-two, and your review of our beer mile. <laughs> no, but I am excited to hear his feedback yes. on this because of his medical background and how we uh, do uh, describing drugs to the average person and how. Basically, how running works, because I think that's where a disconnect is. I think yeah. people understand drugs help you improve. Uh, people understand, yeah, to run, you got to put one foot in front of the other and you got to breathe. Uh, but when it gets right down to the science and biology of it, I don't know how much most people know. True, true. Uh, I, just in general, drugs are, are, are good for, for some reasons. Drugs are bad, okay? <laughs> drugs are bad, okay? But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear what he has to say to uh he's a he's a he's an intelligent person so he's probably gonna have some well he's uh, listening to our podcast so that's relative (laughs) uh and then we have another one okay um now we got to figure out what we're gonna call this person so but first let's get into what they they said they said uh 45 minutes of my life i won't get back going out to run my beer mile cheers okay so he was referring to our 
episode three, the beer mile. Yeah. And listen, I don't know what he was going to do in that 45 minutes, but based on the last 40, 50 years of his life, I'm going to guess not a hell of a lot. So uh, take that as it is. Do, do we want to name him now or do you want to, maybe we'll wait and see if he replies again. I'll just say this. Do you know Marines eat crayons? Did oh, you yeah. know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that reminds me, I have a uh, Marine joke. So three Marines are sitting around a bar, right? And this one Marine's like, hey, I have the best bar in Chicago. It's named Tony's. When you buy a pitcher of beer and a, and a pizza, the next pitcher is on Tony. And they're like, that's good, that's good. And so the guy's like, man, I'm from the Carolinas, and Jack's, Jack's is the place to go. Because every time you buy three drinks, Jack buys you your fourth. And they all agree, that's a pretty sweet deal. Last guy's like, man, in Alabama, Uncle Louie's got the best, best one ever. He's like, he buys your first drink, he buys your second drink, he buys your third and your fourth drink. And then he takes you in the back room and he gets you laid. And the other two Marines are like, Wait, Uncle Louie got you laid? He's like, no, but it worked for my sister. <laughs> I don't know if that's a shot at Alabamans or That's a lot there. Marines. It's a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so we want to name him or we want to wait? Well, I think we've already revealed the fact that he's a Marine. Yeah. So. I, I, yeah, but it's too easy. That one's too easy we have there. Uh, yeah. I'll let you make, make the call on this one because you were in the military. I wasn't. Uh, we'll just call him Jarhead. Okay, for now we'll go with Jarhead. Possibly to be uh, renamed. All right. All right, so I think a good spot for starting off with this is to get into the history of drugs, like what some of the milestones were, uh, and then we'll kind of get into, I'll kind of babble on about my take on a layman's way of explaining how they actually work. Yeah, so this is, I think this first episode is probably going to be described as more of like the history of performance-enhancing drugs but then also just a palette teaser of what they are and how it kind of works. But I did uh, I did go down a little bit of a rabbit hole on the history of, of PEDs. It's easy and, to do, isn't it? Well, yeah, it was yeah. really interesting, some oh, of the I earlier things shit. that they did. But one thing that I kind of realized as athletes going way back, and we'll go back to ancient you know, Olympians, there's all there's always been this desire for athletes to get some sort of edge right. on their competition. Yeah. And and of course if you're like a, a gladiator fighting for your life, you know, yeah, having an all fair in war, right? But right. you know, in any sport you're gonna be trying to take an advantage, whether it's like pine tar or stickum or right, you know, plated shoes yeah. or anorexic jockeys. <laughs> <laughs> so that's um, that's kind of what what uh, I found interesting about this, and so we'll probably just start with this going back into some of the history of drugs, or right. not even drugs, but substances. I thought it was wild that they were able to somehow figure out or document that in hunt in 100 A.D., the chariot racers would give their horses a type of alcohol to get them to be like. A little more aggressive and last longer and be quicker. I'm like, damn, they were. So when you think of all the horses that have dropped dead over the last couple of years, it's like, well, we've been doing this to horses forever. Yeah. You know? They got to be pissed at us by now, don't they? They use something called oh, hydromel. Oh, Mr. Red. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... That's, that's, that's a type of alcohol made from honey. So they must have fermented it some way. Oh, and then dirty just hippies. Oh. Got, the, got, the, got the horses all drunk up. It's fucking hippies back in 100 AD, huh? Here's something I found out about ancient Olympians. Olympians. They used opium juice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, buddy. Some research I found. There's evidence that they gorged themselves on meat, not a normal dietary staple of the Greeks, and experimented with herbal medications in an effort to enhance their performances. The ancient Greek athletes also drank wine potions, used hallucinogens, and ate animal hearts or testicles in search of potency. Hi, what do you think of that? Uh, what's that uh, Rocky Mountain Oyster <laughs> that they were having back then? Because those were like bull testicles, right? Or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I, w- I would say they probably had some sort of animal testicles. Uh, this reminds me of those people that like, wasn't there some people that were like licking toads for the hallucinogenic? Yes. 
Like, yeah, some kind of horn toad. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably more dirty hippies. Yeah. <laughs> hippies I mean, and drugs. Like a frog's ass. I mean, who was the first person to think of that? Uh, Look at this yeah, frog's really. ass. Man, I got to have me some of that. Who was the first person to say, I'm going to lick, <laughs> <laughs> lick a frog? I'm going to put my tongue right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe the frog licked them. It's kind of like you put your peanut butter on my chocolate. <laughs> Which came first? I thought you were going somewhere else with the peanut butter. Oh. Like, oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's leap forward a little bit here. Yeah. Um, late nineteenth-century French cyclists used wine and cocaine mixture. Yeah, of course they did. Okay. Yeah, cocaine was actually like back in the early nineteen hundreds. Coke was kind of really finding a name for itself you know well yeah wasn't the first formula of coca-cola had cocaine yes, in it yeah so sigmund was, freud was a big fan of it of that and his mother sigmund freud was a cokehead yeah he is yeah well, he was so but, i did find something very interesting that i wanted to share with you and oh good this is this this You're is submarining a, me here excellent i love i it. don't you might know this because you did some research you might have come across this article so this this comes from the smithsonian magazine and just a a, a quick uh description and i'll get into the article in the, the 1904 olympics a gentleman by the name of tom hicks yes won a marathon aided by the use of egg whites brandy and wait for it strychnine yes that was pretty crazy he won too <laughs> what is strychnine kids <laughs> it's rat, rat poison, poison. Yeah. <laughs> that re- yeah, I, I that research came from my wife well, honey what's what's strychnine she just Rat poison. <laughs> Does it really surprise you that, that this Thomas Hicks would use rat poison? I mean, Thomas Hicks doesn't sound like an overly smart guy, you know, and would probably take rat poison. Like, it's uh, oh, a cheap shot right there. Okay, so let me, let me share this article. Uh, again, this is from Smithsonian Magazine, and it's quite comical. America's first Olympics may have been its worst, or at least its most bizarre. Held in the 1904 St. Louis Olympic Games, the Games were tied to that year's World's Fair, which celebrated the centennial of the Louisiana Purchase. While Wait, did dancing... they say it was the first Olympics? Well, first first American Olympics. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. I first think 1896 is the first modern Olympics, which yeah, would Greece. have been in Rome. Yeah, or Greece, yeah. Um, I was there. <laughs> I was there's pictures of you there. Um <laughs> While advancing, as did all such turn-of-the-century expositions, the notion of American imperialism, although there were moments of surprising genuine triumph, okay, and I'll just kind of skip ahead a little bit, the Olympics single signal then, I should say, the marathon was conceived to honor the classical heritage of, of Greece and underscore the connection between the ancient and the modern. But from the start of the 1904 marathon was less showstopper than sideshow a freakish spe- spectacle that seemed more in keeping with the carnival, carnival atmosphere of the fair than the reverential mood of the games. The outcome was so scandalous that the event was nearly abolished for good. So just to... Just, I'm gonna, should have been abolished. Marathoning is stupid. So is running. They, yeah, they, they, they wanted to get rid of the, the marathon after this event. So basically, the, this race started in mid-August of 1904, 90 degrees, and it was a course. And, and remember, back then, it wasn't necessarily 26.2. They didn't hadn't changed it yet. So it was like 24 miles, and the course was on dirt. So it was hot, dry dirt. And they had a few different Americans that were there. They had a Native American, and they even brought um, two men from the Suwana tribe of South Africa who were in St. Louis as part of the South African World's Fair exhibit. And there was also a gentleman by the name of Felix Carbajal from Cuba, who had run across the island of Cuba. So He, he owes me 20 bucks from a horse bet. <laughs> Fucker still hasn't paid up. So, the, okay, it's, they started, no, we're talking right now about the Olympic trials going to be in Orlando at, and starting at noon. This race started August 30th at 3.03 p.m. In St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised they didn't get murdered. Yeah, St. right. Louis, that's a hopping <laughs> in place for crime. Crime was back in 1904 in St. Louis. Mm. Um, so I'm sure, Hicks, I'm sure even then St. Louis was a shithole like sure. it is now. <laughs> Fucking place. Was the good. was did they have the arch then? No, we have to research that. Let's no. get our research team on that. 
Hicks, one of the early American favorites, came under the care of a two-man support crew at the 10-mile mark. He begged them for a drink, but they refused, instead sponging out his mouth with warm distilled water. Seven miles from the finish, his handlers fed him a concoction of strychnine and egg whites. And there was actually another person, Lors, who was in the lead and received aid at mile 10 and then traveled in a car for 11 miles <laughs> ah, <laughs> back onto the course. Yeah, and he actually ended up winning it, but they uh, he was under three hours. But um, Alice Roosevelt, yes, daughter of Teddy Roosevelt, was chanting, an American won. And they put the wreath on his head and everything. They were about to give him the gold medal. And then someone basically blew him up oh, yeah. and said, no, he cheated. So let's go back to our friend, Mr. Thomas Hicks. Oh, by the way, 1963. That's really? when the arch was built. 1963. Okay. Good to know. Hicks. I'm glad I interrupted you. The anyway. strychnine coursing through his blood had grown ashen and limp. When he heard that Lors had been disqualified, he, pe- he perked up and forced his legs into a trot. His trainers gave him another dose of strychnine and egg whites, and this time with a little brandy to wash it down. <laughs> One of the uh, race officials said, over the last two miles of the road, Hicks was running mechanically like a well-oiled piece of machinery. <laughs> I heard it really fucked him up, though, afterwards. I, I, like, like to the point where when, when he would have to run later, he would have to run with a stroller. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> this is going to get bad. Oh, this is great. Oh. So Hicks, Hicks ended up winning the race, uh, being carried over the finish line by his trainers. And it took four doctors and one hour for Hicks to feel well enough just to leave the race grounds. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Yeah. Oh, that's... Wow. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, who who would who would have thought Strychnine would have been such a performance? One of the last times an American won a marathon too. <laughs> yeah, really. No, shorter won it. Shorter, yeah, yeah Frank Shorter. Yeah. But he was born in Germany. Not really? a military base. Well, this gentleman, yeah. Mister Hicks, was born. I think he was English, but then he was an American. He ran as an American. All right. See, so, so the first, so I found this funny. In 1928, they adopted the first rule against doping. And would you like to know what happened from that first rule? Some people get busted. Not a goddamn thing happened. (laughs) Nothing. They put something in paper, and it was on writing, and it was just a bunch of words. That's all it was. It was just words. So another thing that I found out as we're kind of moving forward in the history of this 1940 to 1945. Tommy, you remember what's going on back then, right? I believe there was a war going on. That's correct. And a gentleman by name of, of Hitler was uh, involved in some performance-enhancing drugs. And, and Germany will come back into play yeah. with that, as many of us know. According to anecdotal notes, the Nazis tested anabolic steroids on prisoners, Gestapos, and Hitler himself. Testosterone and its analogs were used by German soldiers to promote aggressiveness and physical strength. Yeah, they were they were trying to make better soldiers, is what right. they were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, retrospectively, according to his physician, Hitler's mental state toward the end of his life exhibits characteristics that some scientists associate with heavy steroid use: mania, acute paranoid psychosis, overly aggressive and violent behavior, and depression and suicidal. Ideologies. He also had untreated syphilis. <laughs> you look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and so to they, all you single guys out there, Hitler had a girlfriend. What's your fucking problem? <laughs> Hitler had a girlfriend and he had roid rage. Go figure. <laughs> he was on like five foot six too. Jesus. I, I think that's going to be the extent of our Hitler comments. Chiffy mustache. His, his paintings suck though. He was really pissed about that. He was an amateur artist. That's yeah. correct. What do you got next? All right. So in, in the 1960s, um, there are what many people believe is the first death from PED use. It was a Danish cyclist by the name of Kund Jensen who collapsed and cracked his skull, which, I mean, does that I, – I, that, that one is a little fishy to me because he apparently died from cracking his skull because he passed out. And they probably and, weren't wearing helmets then. Yeah, probably not. Um, so I don't know about that one. That one's a little fishy because that's not exactly PED use. And 
Um, I mean, maybe it contributed to him, but yeah, mm. ultimately, if you crack your skull, you're. See, one of the things I think is that they there are so many medical reasons for not taking this and not taking that that they warn you about. Because I kind of feel like they have to. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but they kind of have to. Because, but I, all right, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Let's talk about the British cyclist Tommy Simpson. Okay. In 1969, in the Tour de France, British cyclist Tommy Simpson snuffed it, and he had a saying: "If it takes ten to kill you, take nine and win." <laughs> so apparently, Tommy couldn't count too good. Which Tommy, is, which is true of a lot of Tommies, by the way. So, yeah, that was, I found that one to be funny. Nah, it made me laugh. Not that he was dead, but, well, I guess because he's dead, it's funny that he died. So it's funny. You like, can't count. Yeah. Okay, you have some early running type of stuff, but, you know, the horses, the bicycles, some of the earliest types of incidents, right? Yeah, well, cycling is really almost a front runner for drug use yes. with this stuff. I well, mean, they're, they're, yes. it's, it's rampant or... And they just seem to figure out what works, what works, what does this and what does that before anybody else does. Or at least they're like a guinea pig and willing to try more. And I guess in a way it makes sense because there's more money in cycling than there okay, is running. Yeah. So where there's money, you're going to have more, you know. Influence, yeah. 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 Like it's a complete joke that. There are no real. I mean, you hear a very few busts in the NFL. <laughs> right. I mean, True. guys are making you know twelve million dollars a year. You think they're going to do that clean? Right, and I that's. Mean, I mean, they've. It's 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 been proven in the seventies and eighties that yeah. those guys are on steroids. Yeah, You're going to yeah. tell me yeah. that the guys that that are playing football today are twice their size and they're not using some sort of steroid. Yeah, no, they definitely are. There's definitely shit going on. Cause there's, there's just too much money to be made and you needed advantage. You're like, all right, I'm going to take a chance at getting caught, but I have it. I'm also going to take a chance at making $72 million over the next five years. And, just, yeah. And if you're making that much money, you're making yeah. even more money for people that can just easily just not see right. certain things, turn right. a blind eye. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. Yes. And you you do hear about them getting busted for weed, yeah. <laughs> Testing weed. Well, maybe that's because weed stays in the body longer. I don't know. Maybe that's something we'll talk oh, about. Oh yeah, later. there's well, there's different. I mean, weed doesn't really play into uh, running. Yeah. No. So no, and no. with and with weed, there's kind of two different ways of testing it. There's a piss test and then like the hair test. Mm -hmm. the, the hair test is the one that lasts longer. Like the, Let's like face the it. piss test, you can dilute it, um, and it, and it can go away quicker, but. But the hair test, there's not much you can do. And let's face it, if if you're if you're high, do you really want to go run? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Dude, I just want some Doritos, man. <laughs> Why is he hanging out at the aid station so long? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, man, these pretzels are bitching. <laughs> All right. So the the first thing to get busted was what? Um, with what? Being using performance enhancer drugs he, in 1968, they actually busted a horse. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, right. <laughs> so this one's great. This one's great. So the actual the first person to get busted was this guy by the name of Hans Gunnar Lillenwall. He he's Swedish. He won a bronze medal in the pentathlon, which is the shooting and skiing kind okay. of deal. Yes, and his and. But five months before him, there was a horse busted. So they caught a horse before they caught a human. <laughs> this is long before WADA and any of the agencies. Yes. And, and uh, Hans's uh, drug of choice, he had a couple of beers to calm his nerves. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's it? Yeah, that was it. Man, dude. We oh. get... Oh, lightning. Cool. Yes. We're getting a little bit of a storm. So if we cut out, just uh, we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> So and so four years later in the nineteen seventy two Olympics at Munich, they did two thousand and seventy nine tests for drugs. And the number of people they caught? Seven. That's that's not a very good ratio. No, no, it's not a well, I mean, and it's it's not drastically better now, to be honest with you. I mean, that's one of the things that makes a lot of this stuff a joke is that so few people are caught. Right. And I mean, the number of people who are who are doing it is 
it's hard to go and tell because when you're only catching two to six percent of people, it's like, hmm. And this is early on when we had East and West German. Yeah. What East and West German. Right. And right. leading up to this and in, in into the even into the eighties, East Germany was long suspected of drugging their athletes. Whether they knowingly were doing it or they were just yeah, experimenting, like, on. yeah, especially in the eighties too. Right. They, were, they were they were ridiculous. But seventy two was the year that Prefontaine finished fourth, and that um, who was the guy with the lumberjack uh, beard that won the Finnish guy is Finnish. Yeah, he won a, he won the five thousand and ten thousand in back to back Olympics and never did shit during the World Championships. Um, oh, he was, and he said it was reindeer milk, and he's full of shit because he was blood doping, that son of a bitch. Hold on, I'll find out who that I'm is. Gonna, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, so mad. Um, but, yeah, so then, in 1999 was when the World Anti-Doping Association was established, which is WADA. Uh, now, since then, their countries have had, have developed their own anti-doping, like the U.S. one, uh, and we'll talk about the, uh, USADA in a different episode because that guy is baller. Um, he's going nuts on stuff. But there's also like Kenya has their own anti-doping um, and that's suspect in a lot of ways. But many countries don't have their, their own anti-doping. Uh, and I would say the U.S. anti-doping is way more stringent and um, more about what their mission is than WADA is without question. Yes. Uh, Lasse Viren? Lasse Viren, yeah, that's a uh, blood-doping son of a bitch. He was a Finnish runner, former long-distance runner, winner of four gold medals at the 1972 and 1976 Olympics. Yeah, he won the 5,000 and 10,000. He's the only one to do the double. And he never, I mean, he never did anything in the world championships. Just every... Four years, he showed up and doubled. He was so he was so doping. He showed up drunk on reindeer milk and just beating everybody's ass. Yep. It was ridiculous. So I found this one very funny one. Um, in 1988, uh, I'm sorry, 1998, an Irish swimmer by the name of Mich- Michelle Smith got a four-year ban. Andrew, would you like to know why she was banned? What her special reason was for getting banned? What's her special reason? Her urine was diluted. This is so Irish of her with whiskey, <laughs> and she got she got popped for that. And I was like, "That's just awesome." I'm like, "Like, way to just work on your stereotypes there, being Irish and whiskey. Like, that's fantastic." And then when she was found out, she wanted to fight everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I'll fight you. I'm drunk, but I'll fight you. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. So there's there's hasn't been. I don't think I. Well, if we take out some of the Kenyan folks who got caught, which we'll talk about in a different episode. Yeah. Some of the major, like obviously the first big case that blew everybody's mind was Canadian Ben Johnson, who won the 100 meters in the 1988 Seoul Olympics. Um, That was a huge one because he, I mean, and if he ever, so there was a great scene in, uh, a weekend news on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, where they were talking about like, yeah, we we have before and after pictures of before uh, um, Ben Johnson took steroids, and this is him after. And you see him; he's on his starting line. His shoulders are like busting through his his jersey. His eyes are like green, glowing, and he's just like, Arr! and it's like, and this is him before. And they show a picture of Jimmy Walker from Good Times. Oh, it's so great! It's so great. And uh, I think the other biggest one, uh, which is which, which this is a little strange because she never actually tested positive, and she got wrapped up in the balco was Marion Jones. Okay. So she admitted to lying on on the stand, which is why she went to jail. She didn't go to jail because she was taking drugs. Because the reality is, the drugs are not necessarily illegal in terms of the law. They're illegal in terms of competition. There's nothing illegal about taking tests testosterone or HGH as long as you have a doctor's note but without having a legitimate purpose to it is not cool by uh by um athletic standards she actually ended up admitting that she used steroids long after the 2000 sydney games and she pled guilty to lying about her drug abuse yeah yeah Yeah, she's a a dirty liar (laughs) but 
One of my favorite stats with um, drugs all time is if you take the 30 fastest 100-meter times ever run by a man, 21 of those 30 times were by guys who got caught cheating and were banned. And the other nine are Usain Bolt, which is, which is just a fantastic stat. And I think Usain Bolt was dirty. Think so? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. I mean, how can somebody be that good that 21 of the other fastest people ever were dirty, mm-hmm. but he's but not? He's not yeah. It's like the same thing with, with Lance. He was still better than him. He was still amazing. And Usain Bolt, unlike Lance, is an extremely likable guy. Yes. He's, he just, he's just, he's, he was great for the sport. I remember watching a video. He was getting interviewed on the side of the track. Mm-hmm. And they started playing the national anthem for a different event going on. And the reporter is talking to him. And he stops her. And he turns and halts it. And then when it's done, he goes back. Right. And I was like, that's just total class yeah. right there. Yeah. He's just a good dude. Yeah. Just a good dude. Yeah, he was very likable. I, I, yeah. I agree. And, yeah. and it's a shame, but, but you can't you can't not think of it because, like you said, everyone else got busted, but he didn't, and he's consistently fast. You know, the fastest yeah. one. So like Lance getting caught, they were all dirty. I mean, it's such a joke that they won't give second place those tour wins. If you think he's dirty, which he was, and he doesn't deserve to have those titles, it goes to the next one in line. But they can't do that because all those motherfuckers were dirty also. It's such a joke. And, like, has, to me, Lance, yeah. just because he was an asshole. Yeah, the ball on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. I, but, yes, he was, an, he, was, he was not only dirty, he was an asshole about it. That's like that John Cruck joke. When John Cruck lost one of his uh, testicles to cancer and they made him retire from baseball. He said, well, if I can't play baseball, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Wow. So other non-runners who have been caught that are not named Lance. Um, Martina Hingis. Oh, yeah. Martina yeah. Hingis was caught with a metabolite of cocaine. I don't, yeah. Would you like to know what a metabolite of, of cocaine is? I would, is, it, is it like a pill form of cocaine? No. Basically what it is is when the cocaine starts to break down, it changes form and becomes... Okay. Like aspects of it, and that's what, and they call it a metabolite. I can't. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. She's the Swiss Miss. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I was just a, a horny teenager and uh, <laughs> I, I loved women's tennis, but like you had Chris Everett and that whole, you know, she was much more the, the attractive. Racked out on cocaine. Then Martina Navratilova. <laughs> <laughs> but then, 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 Sir. then we have uh, Martina Hingis and Fault. Monica Seles, Steffi Groff. Yeah. Yes, it was a good time that, for that, tennis. That was an amazing time for I mean, even the men's tennis was great. Then. Yes. You know, that was just yes. a great time for tennis. Speaking, Speaking of that of, time, yeah. Andre Agassi got busted with methamphetamines. Okay. I and think I think that's why he lost all of his hair. Yeah, probably. He's a baller, though. <laughs> I mean, he's married to... He was married He was married to Brooke Shields. Yeah, I don't know if they were married, but they were dating. Steffi Graf? And then he too. drops... The, he's a baller. He yeah. says, I'm going to drop Brooke Shields... And I'm gonna marry Steffi Graf. Yeah, well, yeah, because probably because Steffi Graf did less cocaine than Brooke Shields. <laughs> Brooke Shields. I didn't know Brooke Shields. She's tainted too, I guess. Oh come on, back then. Yeah, in the eighties. I think she stayed thin. Seventies and eighties, Studio Fifty Four, hanging it, out with. Yeah, it wasn't because she worked out. <laughs> uh, Maria Sharapova, another tennis player. Yeah, she got busted with a PED. Mel- what is that? What was it? Meldonium. Yeah, sounds good to me. <laughs> Let's go with that. And then, of course, Diego Maradona. Yes. He was just, he talked about have, a cokehead. Have you seen the documentary <laughs> with him? I have. Dude it's was really mess. good. Dude he was, was just mess. coked out of oh, his mind. He was, just, oh, that short, fat, coked up guy. It's a shocker he died, huh? Jesus. Man. It's like All you're right. five foot six, you weigh 260 pounds, and you're doing drugs like it's going out of style. And just scoring goals. Oh, man. He's crazy. All righty. So now. Let's get into how um, the drugs work, but I think before we do that, I kind of have, I think if, if I explain a little bit how the biological system of running works, because I think most people think, okay, you get big lungs, you run, you train, you get faster, but the way it really kind of works, and my, my metaphor for this is, think of a car, you have an engine and you have an exhaust, right? so 
your muscles are that engine and the blood coming in is giving the fuel to your muscles to be able to work okay. and then you have to get rid of the fuel so there's there's two parts so if you have a really big engine but you have a muffler of like a moped that's not going to work okay and if you have a gigantic stack but you have a moped engine that's not going to work either so that's kind of how it works with the blood the blood brings the oxygen and the fuel in to burn and to get the muscle to fire and then the blood takes the the um the acid away and okay. so that's that's the basic premise of it so like if you're naturally don't have a good ability to get oxygenated blood to your or 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 I should say if you have a super um advanced way of or um efficient way of getting oxygenated blood to your muscles and get ridding and getting rid of that waste you're going to be faster it doesn't matter how strong you are how lean you are how big your lungs are it's that process of burning fuel and getting rid of it so which when you think about it when you run a marathon and the next day you're sore as hell because right. your body is still trying to get rid of all of that oxygen, that, that, that waste, right. you know, um, that's kind of the way the different drugs work. There are some drugs that get oxygenated blood to you quicker or gets more of it there. And there are some of them that gets rid of that waste while you're making it. Um, cause if you don't get rid of that waste, it doesn't matter how much you you know, you go and pump in. Eventually, your body's going to be like, yo, we're done with this, bro. Forget about it. Screw this shit. So, you, you, you know, and training is how you get that better. You know, you get more capillaries to your muscles, which brings more, more blood there. Um, but natural ability will only get you so far. Uh, it right. doesn't matter how much you train. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Like I always say, if at my best days... If I had the best course of drugs, I'm still not going to make it to the uh, Olympics. I'm just not. I'm not talented enough. I don't have that ability to burn fuel to get to the muscles and get rid of the waste fast enough. And you hear people talk about um, lactic acid buildup, lactate, um, uh, VO2 max. Those are all and, – and the way I'm explaining it is a very basic rudimentary way. It's much more complicated. Uh, but those words are all part of being able to get oxygenated blood to your muscles, to be able to move, and to get rid of the waste. And some people may know it's easier to run in the wintertime than in the summertime because one of the residual effects of burning fuel for your muscles is heat. Okay. And if it's already hot yeah. out and you're adding heat, it's, you know. Yeah, your body's working extra. Right, yeah. right. So... Um, well, that, that answers, I mean, I, I kind of knew this going into it, but, you know, even like things like cocaine and other drugs that initially start out for medicinal purposes, then somehow it gets bastardized and people figure out how they can use it to make you, you run faster or just or well, to do other great things. So I, I was kind of thinking the whole way time when you're talking, well, well you know, how how did it become you know because we still use steroids today if you have certain ailments you take a steroid for certain things but uh, i guess again you you take more of them or you train harder using them well, a couple of things so cocaine doesn't actually get more oxygenated blood to you it just makes your heart pump faster okay yeah um so you're you're just you're forcing your heart to work harder than it needs to so that's not really a performance-enhancing drug. It's, okay. um, and steroids come in many different forms. There are steroids that make you big and bulky. There are steroids that stop making you itch. There right. are steroids. Okay. You know, there there are so, so many steroids different ones. Steroids, big umbrella. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. So, so, so doing a line of coke before five k, not advised. Probably not. No. Um, <laughs> it de well, it depends. Do you want to finish it? Do you want to go to work the next day, or are you like, screw it, I'm going out like Diego Maradona. Yeah. <laughs> my heart's gonna explode through my chest. Yeah. So. One of the ways that they have started catching people is with a thing called a biological passport. And what that is, is they will take tests on you to measure things like your testosterone level, your HGH level, your EPO level, and they will get a baseline. So they'll get five, six, whatever number of tests it is. And when you have a test that is way off. So let's say, 
So the average the average male has a testosterone level of somewhere between like three hundred and like a thousand, okay. right? So I may be at four hundred, you may be at seven hundred, right? Um, I go and test at seven hundred. I'm gonna pop. Mm-hmm. You test at 700, and you're not because that's your baseline. Right. When you go and test at a thousand, boom, you're gonna pop, or whatever the the numbers are. So that's how they're getting caught with the biological passport, and okay. they randomly test people. So that's, and that's been somewhat recent. I mean, the last 20 years or so, maybe. Um, and what's really tricky is it's rather hard to catch people because something like HGH or EPO is out of your system in a, in a couple of days. You take it on Tuesday, you get tested on Friday, it's gone. Nothing there. And like you said, it really helps you in your training. Really, you can, tra- you can train more, you can recover faster. Right. So by the time it's you know, your, 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 your event, your A race or whatever you're training yep. for, you stop and then you, you have the benefits of all that training. And we'll get into when we talk about Kenya, why, um, how this is going to come back again, because in Kenya, guys are getting caught in competition, um, okay. which makes no sense when you, when you think about it. Because if you're going to race on Saturday, stop taking a shit on Wednesday, and yes. you're good. Right. Um, but they're getting caught. And we'll get in, 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 into that there. Now, there is a difference between performance-enhancing drugs and what I would call recovery drugs. So we talked about the big engine and the exhaust. The performance-enhancing drugs are those ones where they're taking you from a souped-up uh, Corvette engine to an F1 engine. You know, they're just making that much of a difference for you. And then they're the ones that get rid of all those drugs. So a, a performance-enhancing drug essentially is like an EPO, which is amazing shit. That stuff is incredible. Um, that's the one that is going to get more, blood, uh, more oxygenated blood cells to your system, uh, that's going to allow you to run faster, farther, longer. Um, and then you have like tes- testosterone. That's more of a recovery drug. Although none of these drugs simply do just one thing. They all kind of have, have their hands in different things. But essentially, testosterone is going to do more for your recovery than it is for your performance enhancing. Whereas EPO is going to do more for your performance enhancing than the recovery. And steroids, steroids is a mixed bag. It could be either or. Um, steroids kind of builds, depending on which ones you're taking, the runners are going to take ones that build more lean muscle mass. They're not going to get the ones that make you big and bulky. And HGH is the one we hear a lot about. Now, HGH, it's uncertain how much of an advantage it gives you to make you quicker, but HGH is incredible shit to heal you. There was a story I read about a guy who was a 50-year-old motocross guy, okay. and he was, in a, he was in a crash. He shattered his hip, and he broke his femur, and he was told, you're going to be in recovery for nine months, probably 12 months. He started taking HGH, and he was back riding in eight weeks, and this guy's 50, and it happened. Like, HGH is, so HGH does a really good job of getting you back to 100% really quick, EPO and testosterone, that's going to get you to 106%. Yeah, so I, yeah. I just, according to, this is this is USADA's kind of FAQ about doping. And blood doping is the practice of misusing certain techniques and substances to increase the number of circulating red blood cells and hemoglobin mass in the body. So red blood cells carry that oxygen to the muscles and let the body transport more oxygen to working muscles and can increase their aerobic capacity and endurance. As well as recovery. And back in in the day, what blood doping used to mean was they would take a liter of blood out of your body, put it in the fridge, and then six weeks later, they would jam it back in so you had an extra amount of blood in you, Um, which is a little kind of – it's kind of dangerous because that's how you could stroke out, uh, you know. But that's what the cyclists were doing, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was back in like the 80s and 90s. That's 70s and 80s. Now – when they figured out how EPO does it, and it's a little safer, it's a little smarter, and it's, it's a lot harder to get caught because you jam an, uh, jam an extra quart of blood into you, that's going to be there for a, for a while. HGH, like I said, is gone in two days. Um, so it's, it's a much harder way to get caught. Now, 
How good is EPO? Well, I'm going to say that shit's fucking amazing. It So what it does is, like, say your hematocrit, which is the number of red blood cells you, you have, is at, like, say, 52. Okay. It'll bump it up anywhere between 4 and 6%, giving you a, a, an advantage of 4 to 6% over what you were. To put that into perspective, in the 2020 Tokyo Olympics in the 5,000 meter, the gold was won in 12 minutes and 58 seconds. Tenth place was 13 minutes and 8 seconds, right? That's the difference. So difference between first and tenth was 10 seconds, right? Right. If you did a, four, a 4% bump up, you're going to run 31 and a half seconds faster. So you're going to win that, that race by over 12 seconds. Wow. If you have a 2% bump up, you're going to get 16 seconds and you're going to win by 5 seconds. That's how much of a big deal this shit makes. Yes. Um, so and it's and it's easy to see why someone would would go and do it. I mean, you know, again, it, it's tough to get caught because it's out of your system mm-hmm. so damn quick. And they also do, you know, you hear about people uh, doing this with like mushrooms who are in uh, uh, Silicon Valley, microdosing, where they take little itty bitty hits of it, right. but they do it all the friggin' time so they don't get really wasted. But they're a little more alert. So they do that with the EPO also. They give a little bit of hit on it so that it just bumps it up enough where they're not getting caught. But it, they're getting massive you know, benefit from it. So it's really pretty wild. Um, other ways that they get caught is if they miss two, two tests in one year. So if you go and take your shot on Wednesday and they show up on Thursday morning, yeah. No, I'm stuck on the John. I can't get to the test site. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you see that quite a bit where I forget what the terminology is, but they say um, it's basically you can tell that they missed tests. Um, mm-hmm. And they again, you get two in one year and you get, I think it's a two-year ban. Boom. Wow, okay. right, up, right up the bat. Um, well, WADA in 2011 did a survey where they were just trying to figure out how rampant is this use here. And they said it was anonymous. And you know how people are. We're not going to take your name if you just tell us the truth. We're yeah. not going to what? You know, yeah, some people are like, yeah, I don't know about this. So in the 2011 World Championships in South Korea, 30% admitted that they used a performance-enhancing drug. That same World Championships, a half percent of the people were caught. Right. <laughs> And you gotta figure that thirty percent is way higher. Yeah, it's yeah. probably closer to forty-five or fifty percent right. at least, right? Yeah. Some people aren't gonna tell the truth, right? Yeah. No, of course not. I mean, why would you? You know, this is your livelihood, and you know it's wrong. You, I mean, if it, it it's against rules, so you know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be like, right? I, I'm a piece of shit. I'm. I don't deserve any of this. No, you're gonna lie about it. Right. You're gonna and, hide it. Yeah. And going back to what I said at the beginning. If you're an athlete, you're going to look for an advantage. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Now, here begs the question, are PEDs bad for you? <laughs> and now, one of the things I will say, have you seen Jose Canseco? <laughs> that dude has looked fantastic for the last 30 years. I mean, he's look, I mean, I mean, he's nuts. He's a little wackadoodle, but he looks good for his age. You know? But have you seen Sammy Sosa? Yeah, yeah, Sammy. <laughs> Sammy. Sammy's running into the same problem that Michael Jackson did, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I was alluding to earlier about how medical professionals will tell you, you know, they t- like like the cyclist who fell and cracked his head, they said mm. it was a PED death. Um, I, I mean, of course, medical professionals, I'm sure 1452 is going to say, no, this shit is, is dangerous. You shouldn't mess around with it. Yada, yada, yada. Right. Back in the, was it the 80s? They had something like 18 deaths in like three months from alleged PED use. Really? Um, which begs the question, like there was a lot in a short amount of time. That yeah. was 45 years ago, 40, 45 years ago. What's happened since? If it's so bad, why doesn't it keep happening every year? You think it's getting you, you think they're not using it? Right. This, Did you, know you hear the shit on. Lance was doing? That fucking guy was doing everything. Yeah. And except for his nuts, which happened before then, he's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean maybe maybe it affected him his in terms of being an asshole, but other than that, I, I mean, seen I just I just saw something recently about him and he he went on a fast and cut alcohol. He's like really cut right now. Mm-hmm. And he's he's what? Mid fifties? 
Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's a couple years older than me. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Well, here's what USADA says, the negative health effects of EPO. WADA explains that, uh, this is USADA site, but they're citing WADA. The EPO thickens the blood, which leads to an increased risk of several deadly diseases, such as heart disease, stroke, and cerebral or pulmonary embolisms. Right. And if there's, it's funny because back in like the 90s, when there was a race, you could kind of tell who was using the stuff and, and who wasn't. Because when it got over like 74 degrees out, they wouldn't run because yeah. it would coagulate the blood and, and the risk of stroking out was higher. At least that's what the theory was. Mm. But you would see people like Khalid Kanuchi wouldn't race when it was hot out because that fucking guy was dirty as shit. <laughs> Well they're, well, they're all dirty. But anyway, yeah. go on. I'm sorry. No, I was just, yeah, yeah. I, I just. So so that's definitely a con. And yeah. I mean, it's easy for me to to sit there and say, is it really that bad? I've never done that shit. I mean, there's no reason for, for me to do it. And also, anybody who's thinking about doing it, if you're doing 40 to 50 miles a week, forget about it. Right. Train more. Right. The, this stuff is really used on people doing 120 20, 20 miles a week. I mean, yeah. The advantages of getting PEDs doing 50 miles a week is a joke. Just go do 70 miles a week or 90 miles a week. That will do more than, than, the, than the drugs will by far, which leads me into what somebody could possibly view as some of the pros of taking these drugs are. Elite athletes do some really nasty stuff to their bodies. Mm -hmm. Females are not supposed to stop menstruating because they're training so damn hard right and when you think about all the things our body does like when you're racing and you start to crash your body's crashing because it's trying to save what's left of the energy you have in case you need it for right. a quick fight yep um it's survival stuff right there's no survival instinct i can think of that says you need to run 120 miles a week for four months right there's just none right so Guys, it's been shown that guys can lose up to 40% of their testosterone training that hard. Yeah. Even 20% is a lot. So if you supplement it with some of these PEDs, mm -hmm. you get the levels back up maybe a little higher. Or just as t is that It's probably more healthier for them mm -hmm. because training like that is no way near healthy for you. Right. It's not. It's just right. you're just doing so much damage to yourself. It's ridiculous. Some of it's reversible. Some of it's not. But, I mean, again, women are not supposed to stop yeah. menstruating because they're running so much. Mm -hmm. That's not normal. So, I mean, that's an argument to be made on the plus side. For me personally, if it's against the rules, it's against the rules. Yeah. It does, I, mean, I mean, there's always that. <laughs> you know, you, you can I can sit there and say it's healthier for somebody, um, you know, and this is some of the talk about with – the uh, thyroid medication. Okay. Um, it has shown to have beneficial effects for running, but all that running also jacks up your thyroid. So is it, are you taking it to get better and quicker and an advantage, or are you taking it just so you can be normal? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're going to have people uh, who are taking it to get a little better. And when we talk about the U.S., oh, I got some good stuff for that. <laughs> and there are some people who are going to sit there and take the very minimal stuff they could possibly take. But, you know, th those things. And also, none of these drugs are necessarily illegal to take. Even with WADA, you can have what's called a therapeutic exemption where you can show, listen, I need these because mm -hmm. of these lab results and stuff like that. Okay. Or this doctor says, says this and they'll say, okay, fine. Which is how... Lance got away with his one test where he tested positive. Mm. He said it was a saddle sore issue, and the doctor backdated a note. And, oh, of course, yeah. at that point in time, cycling didn't want to bust Lance. Yeah. They did not want it They wanted him the to have all the stardom and all the fame and yeah. then get all the attention for it and then come back later and say, fuck you, you're yeah. out. Um, you it know. Was, yeah, it was just – I mean, at the time, in, in the moment, he was bringing a lot of attention oh, to the sport. Yeah. Going back to – if you have Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, who yeah. their the circumference of their heads are yeah, yeah. several it's inches ridiculous. larger than they were when they were rookies, but hey, they're having a hell of a baseball uh, home run, you know, race 
in, mean, in, in August and you've got St. Louis and Chicago uh, competing and they're hitting home runs, it's good for baseball. And, and, like, and I'm not trying to defend Lance at all because I, I, I've, I've read about some of the stuff he's, he's, done, he's done to people and I've seen even how he's acted and he's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. But with Sosa and McGuire, they were, they were playing America's sport. Right, America's pastime. Mm-hmm. Lance was doing a sport that's similar to like a lot of these Olympics, like the Rulon Gardner of wrestling, the Apollo Ono of skating, and those guys who did the curling. You know, we care about those every four years. True. Lance essentially took a similar status of a sport and made it to a level that nobody could have comprehended ever. Mm-hmm. And once he did that, once he got up there, and all the, the rumors started circulating, yeah. and... Cycling had its moment. They said, fuck you, you're yeah. done. Although yeah. it really wasn't cycling. It, it was U.S. anti-doping agency that got him. And they were more than happy to take him down, which is more of a reason why it's bullshit that nobody else is getting these. You know, So Lance getting the, his tours taken away, I think, is complete horseshit. It was a chicken shit move that they went and made. Mm-hmm. And they should have at least balled up and given it to second place. Um, no pun intended there. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I, like I just, I just don't know if if I, an argument can be made that taking some of these drugs might be healthier for some of these people. Yeah, I, 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 I completely get it. Yeah, and and this has really been good. I mean, I, I've read a little bit, but and I've heard you talk about it, but just hearing you talk more about it and explain it like that. Oh, it's fascinating. It makes, it I makes love so it. much sense. I mean, but I love it. And, and and you're right. You know, you're 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 training 120 miles a week. And you're recovering better, and it raises the testosterone level. But and maybe maybe as we go on, there's going to be probably some long-term health uh, effects that we're going to see from people that you know in the moment that we're using all these drugs. I mean, they're going to have to you're you're you're, you're going to have to see like. But the early, tricky part, Andrew. The tricky part is you're going to have to compare them to people who didn't take the drugs but still did the same work. And yeah. what their quality of yeah. life is after the fact. Yeah. That's what you, I mean, because it's too easy to sit there and, and like Lyle Alzado, but he, yeah. He was known, to, yeah. yeah. But even with, with that, there are, are, are theories and tests done that said it wasn't necessarily the drugs, it was the coating on the drugs that, that oh, caused okay. the cancer. Yeah. So now you have another wrench in, mm-hmm. in the works. And this is... One of the problems when you have studies in science is there's so many outliers. Yeah, yeah. you can you, you can mix and match, and mm-hmm. it, it it can be tough. Um, but I, I I just I I just think there's got to be some some fallout from this long term where you're going to see early onset heart disease from people that were just doing this heavy, you know, cycling of training and 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 doing the drugs. There's got to be. And the drugs are not going to make you fast. It's still hard work and talent. Mm-hmm. Like all these Kenyans and Ethiopians taking the drugs, which they're they're taking a shit ton of drugs. Well, I should say a shit ton of them are taking drugs. It's still talent and hard work mm-hmm. winning out. Like Galen Rupp didn't get a bronze medal because he's on drugs. Galen Rupp got a bronze medal because he's on drugs and he worked his ass off. Right. Yes, Galen drug. Galen Rupp is on drugs. Yeah, his <laughs> name should be Galen Drugs. Um, but. You know, it's still hard work. It's still talent and hard work is mm-hmm. going to win out. Yeah, it, yeah. And I think, in a way, USADA and WADA are trying to sell us a fairy tale of a clean sport. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's a tough call. I I mean, in the end, I just want to see I just want to see talent and hard work go at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and because it's it's just so hard to create a level playing field. Yeah. You know, so so do you then? Do you then just? I don't know. You, you can't just say, okay, everybody can. You can you can do whatever you want, and that's no, the level well, playing field. If there was a simple answer, it would be out already. Yeah, you yeah, know exactly. There's no so, there's no simple fix. And for it. and I don't I I'm just an asshole in a chair drinking beer with a microphone in his in his in his face. I've just read a lot. I've looked a lot of it, and it fascinates the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. 
I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm just like I. There, there are plenty of people who know more who can sit there and say, "No, this is why you're stupid." And I'll be like, "Yeah, you're right." And this is why you can't just let every everybody take it. But like, yeah, you're right. And then people are like, "No, this is why you should take it." And blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." You know. So um, at least you know what WADA topic. stands for. At least you know who Lance Armstrong is. We'll just I'll just say. Do that. we want to get into those guys? <laughs> we got time. We yeah, you do it. you Let's gave me it. the recommendation. You 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 kind of told me a little bit but this is sweet yes hate, let's do I, it I, I hate so, to say some shit about some other podcast no, oh fuck no we're gonna do it so this is going to be our we're gonna do a review of a podcast it's called the texas outlaw running podcast i stumbled upon these guys when i was doing some some research and it wasn't even a research thing i just love hearing people talk about drugs because i never know if i'm going to hear something new and something different or a different way of somebody saying something so these guys were trying to talk about, and it was, I believe it was trail running. They did an years. episode, and yeah. they talked about uh, oversight or anti-doping in trail running. Yeah, and the one guy brought up, quote, that famous cyclist. And the other guy's like, Lance? And he's like, who? It's like, Lance Armstrong? He's like, oh, yeah, him. Oh, he's yeah, like, that guy. Yeah, the Tour de France. The yes. what? I'm like, I was like, these guys are fucking morons. And so I listened to it, and then oh. I couldn't believe it. They were talking about the various anti-doping agencies, and the one clown said, "Wada, it's the World's Athletic Drug Administration." No, it's like, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, and I wasn't even cringing. I was like laughing because yeah. at that point, I'm like, these guys are clowns. I'm like, these guys are terrible. Yeah. So to to your credit. At least you've done some research and you know the acronyms and you know how the how it all works. So, uh, yeah, be careful what you listen to out there. Cause... And that's not necessarily a compliment to me either. Just <laughs> these guys are just fucking idiots. So you're better than that. <laughs> so obviously, Snotties, we're gonna give the Texas Outlaw Running Podcast zero out of five snots. Zero out of five snots. They yes. get zero snots. So is this something that we should incorporate into every uh, episode now? I mean, we're not going to have fucking interviews. We might as well just like, trash other podcasts. I, I, I think you're going to wind up working and interviewing much to my chagrin. I'm working um, on it. I'm going to... Maybe we'll get Salazar on. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> fuck, that'd be great. Should we, should we get into U.S. drug use on the next one? Should that... Well, I mean, we've kind of laid the groundwork of... And again, Snotties, this is going to be a series. So we talked about the history. Tommy did a great job explaining how it works. And remember that engine exhaust uh, metaphor. And we just briefly talked about, you know, kind of overview of it. So now we're going to kind of get in the nuts and bolts of it. So um, maybe we need to just move into the U.S. So I think the, one, the next two should be the dominance of Kenya and Ethiopia. Okay. And the U.S. and Salazar. Um, I think we can flip them either way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of thinking maybe we do – should we do Kenya back-to-back? -back? Because after those two, we're going to get into Kenya specifically and the, and the drug use, which mm -hmm. is so good. So good. Do we want to do back-to-back Kenya like that? Are we going to do Kenya dirty like that, man? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's do Salazar. Fuck that guy. I'm so pissed at him. Yes. So I we'll think there's Salazar a lot that we can get into the, the Salazar. US the next time. Not not okay. even just the drugs, just Salazar He's as just a person. Shitbag. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That so we'll like do Salazar idea. on the next one. Nope. That would be episode six. This is yeah. episode five. So. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and then and then we'll do the dominance of Kenya and Ethiopia, which we might have to have a little bit of filler for that, mm -hmm. uh, which we can. Yeah, can babble on about we, that. We've got then, plenty to talk about. And I'm sure we're going to have some listener reaction to this that that we'll be able to share and talk about. Maybe I know 1452 will be chiming in. Yeah, Perhaps uh, Chesty Puller will be chiming in after we've <laughs> called him out. Chesty <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, then, and then after that, we'll do the dominance of Kenya and Ethiopia. And just so I'm giving you guys a heads up of what's going to happen. And then after that is going to be specifically about the drug use in Kenya, mm -hmm. which is gonna blow your friggin' mind and we're gonna wrap up the last one with talking about the super shoes or the cheater shoes because right. i think those are making a, a huge difference right. in the world of running um and again if you're looking for advantage you know yep yep what are you gonna do you're gonna what else, what else can you what other equipment can you improve upon when all you need is a good pair of shoes so in the end man they're all dirty yeah 
Yeah. So I, I do have a line in the sand of where I think people are dirty. This is without the super shoes. In the marathon, for a man, anybody who can run under two hours, two hours, six minutes, and 30 seconds is dirty. Ryan Hall? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Okay. I mean, he made a jump of like something like four minutes. You don't, you don't run a PR by four minutes at that level. Yeah. That's, Not clean, yeah. you don't. I, I just... Just doesn't happen. Four minutes is huge. It just doesn't happen. And when you're talking that 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 timing. And and there's been so many marathons run at such an elite level that you can't say it's an outlier because that doesn't happen without drugs. And and the women, the women, I'm kind of, I I I want to say one uh, two eighteen thirty, but I kind of I don't know maybe I can be talked into two nineteen. And like, if somebody like Des comes on, she'd probably get me to, to say it's two twenty or under, or, or no, or two two seventeen thirty and under, but two twenty maybe. Two twenty is kind of slow for everybody to you know. So which, I'm probably speaking out of turn here, and I don't have all the information. I can't recall her name, but she's a Kenyan, and she just won the fifteen hundred, and she set yeah. a world record by like five seconds. I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it and wasn't. I mean, it wasn't uh, Hassan, was it? No, no, because she was. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I don't want to get into the case yeah, stuff because yeah. there's so many. There's so many. We could go on and on. So and 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 I think I think what the Kenyans are doing is amazing. It's fantastic to see. I would love to be able to be in that situation and not to take the drugs, but I mean just the way they think about running and the way they train would be fantastic to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, I really, I really so do want to talk drugs. about how they're training and the group yeah. training and how the U.S. tried to emulate that. And yeah, so there's plenty to talk about. So um, we're gonna just land this plane uh, for this episode. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, again, give us give us some feedback. You can email us. It's not rocket podcast. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. It's not rocket podcast. And um, thanks thanks for listening, Tommy. Some closing arguments. I love you, 1452. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. The Snot Rocket Podcast is a Blair Court production. Listen, subscribe, and rate on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Snot Rocket Podcast.